Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And uh, we can't do this episode in French, unfortunately, because Reed doesn't speak French. But this is dedicated to our French fans. Je suis un American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you whip it out. After denying any knowledge. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the new movie, The Sisters Brothers, uh, directed by Jacques Odier. Uh, and so for our kind of genre pick for this movie, we're going to do our favorite. I don't have to say it again. <laughs> Jacques Odier. <laughs> movie. Uh, Ty, what is yours? OK, so we're doing this as a public service because probably a lot of people haven't watched Jacques Odier movies, but they are so so good. And my favorite is Deepon, which is in my top 10 favorite movies all time. It's about a Sri Lankan immigrant, man, woman, and child. They realize they have a better chance of getting asylum in France if they claim that they're a family. So they pretend to be a family in Sri Lanka. They get asylum in France. And then that shows most of the movie is showing them in the Banlui and then in rural France. Not rural, but not Paris. Um, and it's so good. There's, it's surreal. Surreal. I would say magic realism or surrealism. Yeah, I've not seen that movie. Um, I think I need this public service <laughs> announcement. But the one movie I have seen from this director is one of my sort of iconic movies in my mind. It's called A Prophet, about a Corsican prisoner in the French prison system and how he sort of gets adopted into this crime family. And there are a couple of just amazing scenes in it. Oh, thinking of the one with the razor blade. Yeah. It's such a good movie too. It's in my top 20. Okay. Um, so then is this his first sort of English movie? Uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. 99% sure. Yeah. So the sisters brothers is about, uh, I don't know, a pair of assassin brothers in the old West sort of gold rush era hunting down someone they were told stole something from their sort of boss. Um, And I feel like the movie was done a disservice by the trailer that sets it up with sort of that really like a modern song played in that old, like on the music box or whatever. Hmm. I don't think I saw the trailer for it. And I... and I think the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be very funny and a comedy. It was a comedy, Reed. <laughs> it was not a funny one. Oh, my gosh. You think this yeah, was there funny? Yeah, there are a lot of funny moments. Okay, funny moments, but like pretty no, serious, it, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Is it so funny that one guy's a debil- debilitated drunk? No, Reed. That's, we know drunkenness is not funny. Don't, don't make it I sound agree. like I said that. Okay. Well, you're right. Okay. 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 I agree. It's mostly not a comedy, but there are a lot of funny moments. That's all I'm saying. But, but, but you thought it was straight up going to be a comedy. I guess I thought I was expecting more of that. Maybe more like a dark comedy. But you saw a prophet, man. This guy's. Right. That's why I was surprised. Serious Serious filmmaker. Or like a really modernized version of a Western. Like that was a possibility based on the trailer. Like the Marie Antoinette of Westerns. 
Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Why, what did you think going into it? Why did you see yeah, it? Just because of sure. the director? I'm obsessed with him. I've, I've called his production company <laughs> to try to get a job working for him. <laughs> oh. If I could work for if I could work for one director on a film, I would work on his to see how he works with people. Okay, well, that's a strong, strong recommendation. Just, so, just for the audience, so, so the audience knows, uh, they definitely were not interested because I don't speak French or have any experience on movie sets. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's doing English yeah. language stuff, <laughs> and you still don't have experience on movie sets. So. But we're getting closer. <laughs> All right. Jacques Odier, I know you're one of our Dude, listeners. So <laughs> hook a brother up. <laughs> uh, well, okay, then what was your sort of overall feeling and impression coming out of this movie? Well, it it um <laughs> it it takes a dark turn. Uh <laughs> you're right. Now that I think about it. Um but then it, but then it has this beautiful redemption at the end, and that wonderful last scene with the mother. I love that last scene so much, and the and the roving camera shot that skips through time and space, and um, such a brilliant way to end it. So I think there there's a nice redemption at the end, and you get the satisfaction of um, Joaquin Phoenix's character finally letting go of his anger, really. Uh, by losing the arm that killed his father, you know, by losing his ability to kill. I just think that's awesome. I get that metaphorically. It's very compelling. It's yeah. great. It's great writing. And uh, also just this, this movie had a great, I think I thought it was also brilliant because it had this structure that wasn't, you know, typical Hollywood where you kind of find out very early what the inciting incident, what the main obstacle is going to be because of the inciting incident and then you build to it and then it's done. It's more like they had this challenge of they were trying to track down this guy, but then the whole, the whole thing changes when you find out when he becomes friends with, um, uh, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Right. And then, the, and then there's this weird interlude in the middle of the film where they're all friends working together. And then out of his pure, this character, this tragic character of Joaquin Phoenix's has another character defect that loses, that leads to the death of these two people and the loss of his arm. And you go on this whole other kind of story of, all right, now we have to figure out where we're going to go forward from here and tie up the loose end of the, of the boss who they knew was going to be trying to kill him. I mean, just the structure of the story was amazing. I guess I do. I, I get that. And I like, I liked this kind of movie. I enjoyed watching it. I think it was just hurt by my expectation based on what I saw in the trailer. Okay. Well, expectations are a big deal when you're watching movies. Yeah. But really I, I like John C. Riley's character um, just seeming sort of more grounded or I don't know, almost like an unwilling participant who's then is good at what he's, you know, what he needs to do. I feel like in the different shootouts they had, I don't know, it was not so stylized, but they're just good at what they're doing. They're good at killing people. Yeah. It kind of took away the whole, um, like this movie is not about the cliffhanger of will they get killed or not in a shootout. 
you know, it takes that away because they're so good. They always win, which I like it. It takes, it removes that as a consideration. And then that opens up the film to be about something else. Yeah. Um, why do you think this is the one that really got me? <laughs> do you know what I'm going to ask you about? It's the spider. <laughs> why did they have the spider bite him inside his mouth and then have him <laughs> throw up spider children? Spider children, were, baby spiders, spiderlings. Were there baby spiders I don't know. coming out of his mouth in his throw up the next day or whatever. I don't remember time seeing passed. baby spiders. Oh my gosh, so gross! It's it's because um, they did it. They did it because uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character's drunkenness would have been the only thing that prevented them from doing their job well. And they needed, I think he wanted to be more balanced or have Joaquin Phoenix have something to come back at his brother with. Okay. Cause he does blame him for getting sick when they're, when they miss yeah. the prospector. Okay. Um, I guess I also liked their reaction to San Francisco, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the streets. And I think one of them says like, this is Babylon. <laughs> and John C. Riley is just sort of childlike wonder on all the new technology like the toothbrush, trying to figure that out and the flush, the flush toilet. Right. I just think it's that, I don't know, kind of fun to think of the first time an adult would have seen a toothbrush. Yeah. And also like San Francisco at that time, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen that in a movie. You see a lot of Westerns, but I don't feel like they go into San Francisco, which would have been a big city at the time, obviously. Yeah. An interesting look at that. Yeah. Um, besides that end shot, which I also really enjoyed, is there other sort of directing kind of aspects that you appreciated or you recognized as being unique for this story? Well, the opening shot was amazing, right? In black. Oh, and just the my f- gosh. Shots you're seeing in the. <laughs> right. Is that it's like it the coolest good. thing ever? No, no, it's good. And then, no, I, I did like it. This, oh, man, I loved it. <laughs> I did love it. And then um just the nature shots and the I think it was shot in uh in oh shoot, now I can't remember, Spain or well anyway, it was shot in Europe. It was definitely shot in Europe. I can't remember which country now. But um but beautiful mountains and totally believable that it was the Pacific Northwest. Definitely. Yeah. I thought the I thought the pop up um, or you know they went to that town that didn't exist a few days before. I mean that's fascinating historically. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal's character was very weird. I don't know if I exactly liked the character, but I thought it was good. Kind of tragic in his own way. Yeah, carrying around a burden up from his father. Also, I mean it's a lot about the burden of our fathers, right? Definitely. And him finally accepting. Um. The money from his father, I thought, I felt was a very interesting point to to bring that character to. Mm. And also, I think the fact that they're named the Sisters Brothers is a funny joke, but it also points to the fact that this is about family. Uh, just in kind of in general, how we interact with our families, you mean? Mm, the the responsibilities that we have to our family, like John C. Riley's, he decides that he has to stay with his brother because you know it's his brother. Um, that kind of like, when do you have to be loyal to your, to your family? And when do you have to literally kill them or run away? 
and and how can you how can you figure out a way to be at peace with your family? Okay. And I think uh, the admiral or the commodore, um, the commodore is sort of this also this double or metaphor for the father that yeah, they're definitely. and they're they have to carry around his evilness basically carry out his tasks until they finally say no we're not going to do it anymore and then they find out that he he he's the one that they didn't have to kill themselves so i mean i think that's interesting in terms of um if you turn the corner if you if you decide to be a different way i think that means or that that choice in the story indicates that that oppression of your parents, your father can, can slip away. Well, I, and I thought with the Commodore, it was interesting that he would have had to send someone after them before he knew what they actually chose to do. Right. Just based on the, how long it takes to travel in that time and how much information people no, have. No, 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 no. They were, He's, they were panning for gold in that river for months. What? I think that, I think they could have been there a long time. We don't really know. I think they were there no, for two days. No, no, no. I disagree. Yeah. I think they were there for months. Because you're right. That that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, I'd have to watch it again okay. to get specific, more specific, I think, with why I thought that. But Interesting. I totally had this impression that they were there not very long. And it just seemed sort of like that. I guess in my mind, if that's true, the Commodore, while being like a father figure also did not trust them to do right. He's sort of so paranoid that he would not trust the people around him. Yeah. He's the controlling father. Yeah. Yeah. And then the mom to be like, you know, you can't just hide out here. If you're in any kind of trouble, you should keep moving. <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. That was She's good. in uh unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. I recognized her. She's an interesting actress. <laughs> All right. Anything else you liked or disliked I from this really one? Really, just liked everything else. <laughs> um, good, good. One thing that I thought was interesting was to have the scarf from the teacher that he was. He kept with him. He would fold yeah. and unfold, but then never. He didn't go back to the teacher, or at least we don't see him. He's go definitely going to the gonna teacher. go back to the teacher. I hope. He yeah. Like why he wouldn't really he likes shoot? Him. Uh, I yeah, love I, I love that scene with the prostitute. <laughs> you won't hear you won't hear me say that very often, but <laughs> well, it just it seems so weird because in my mind, like a Western, like a prostitute would be good at giving the person whatever they wanted, right? Whatever experience they wanted, and she was so bad at connecting with him. Yeah, or so stiff. I don't. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, she was. Which was, yeah, probably realistic. Yeah. Okay. Um, out of five, what would you rate uh, <laughs> the, the sister's I give brothers? it seven. <laughs> You're like, I've been saving up points from bad yeah. movies? <laughs> I'll give it a five. A five. Okay. Uh, for me, it's a four. <sighs> Read. <laughs> I think for valid reasons. Oh, just because your expectations were wrong. And that's valid. Yes. All right. Let's wrap up with something that we've been watching, reading or listening to. Ty, what's your recommendation? I've been doing a lot of yoga on stand up paddle boards and I'm sort of obsessed with it. So if you, you should look, there's probably a class near you. You just didn't realize it. 
uh, where you do yoga poses on a stand-up paddleboard. I do it in a pool in New York City, but you could also do it on a lake, obviously. And I can't do a handstand yet, but someday. Um, great. And if you're in Utah, we would recommend SUP Utah right. Rentals as your uh, stand-up paddleboard rental provider. Unsponsored yet, but we'll take if you some tell, money. If you mention this podcast, when you call them, they'll give you 10% off. <laughs> Maybe. It's our brother who runs this company, so. Uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. <laughs> uh, for me, I am really excited that the professional basketball is back. I've been, you know, watch, listening to a lot of podcasts and seeing what teams are doing. And the first games of the regular season were on this week on Tuesday. And the Suns are not going to be good, but they're going to be getting there this By year. By getting there, do you mean they're going to tank so we have a good lottery pick? Well, we just got the f- number one pick last year, this last yeah. draft. But we're maybe a year away from being a year away. Okay. Well, I'll tune in in two years, I guess. Well, I get to cheer for the, the Warriors in San Francisco. <laughs> maybe in two years, this the uh, they'll be worth... Uh, There'll be some uncertainty about who's going to win. That's true. The Warriors have a 59% chance right now. It's insane. They have five all-stars. Yeah, it's very dominant. Okay. Well, they got Ty a little depressed. Yeah. I have a, I just, I love the sun so much as a kid. The magic left. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thanks for joining us for... Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And who am I kidding? The magic's in this podcast. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.